Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 22-8 and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. Every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. And sometimes we pick crazy topics and have crazy guests on, but sometimes... Sometimes we even do it in the morning. (laughs) Yes, we are recording in the morning, so I am awake and Pernell's asleep. Yes, he is. Oh, mercy. I'm drinking Electra Buzz coffee today. Electra Buzz? Electra Buzz. It's like a Pokemon coffee. I don't know. Yeah, it should be a Pokemon Pokemon. coffee. It sounds like a Pokemon. It is a Pokemon by name. That's what makes it especially funny. There's an Electra Buzz Pokemon, and I'm drinking Electra Buzz coffee. Love it. No relation. (laughs) Well, I don't think we've ever done a, a, a whole episode focused on a single game, have we? Uh, we why is it now technically this is close enough because we have done a single focus on a game but that would be like ease but there's sequels to ease and then contra we did contra and la mulana has two games so mm. crap i spoil it anyway point is uh <laughs> well if you, i mean I like you downloaded the episode thing. you see the title of the episode so that's okay Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a funny thing to mention by the way so, and i think you've acknowledged this in the past too but like so it's become a more well-known thing that I'm on this podcast, an SML podcast, mm-hmm. but I don't listen to anything. And like, it's always being, it'll become a thing where someone will be like, Pernell, did you hear on this episode when such and such happened? I'm like, I didn't have to hear it. I was there. It's like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, why am I going to listen if I was there? Yeah. I was a part of the experience. So then, you know, weird stuff happens. Like, you might do an edit here and there, or they might do an edit here. And it's like, well, now Pernell's here. So now it's become that joke. And this is just more and more apparent to the point where it's like, Pernell, it's in the freaking title. Like, or, oh, oh, no, for me, uh, for, me it's parano- for me, it's paranoia where you're going to be like, hey, what do you think about that part where I talked about this thing? And they're like, that wasn't on the show. And they're like, Rob, why did you edit that out? <laughs> I just accepted that you edit a lot of stuff out. I Actually, I really don't. Um, I, I, I used to edit out little bits for time. But then you mentioned we should just save it for like Patreon exclusive stuff, and now I do. <laughs> so the patrons can hear the ramblings. They can hear all of our ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> Old man ramblings. I wore an onion on my belt. Well, today. Style the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, our uh, our chat thread has so many Simpsons references and gifs in it that it's just it's too much. Um, well, joining us to talk about La Mulana today is your La Mulana brother. That's right. It is Carlos, or I guess Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes <laughs> Three podcast. Do they call you that, Carlos? No, it's just the handle that I made to kind of fit. I guess the Heroes <laughs> Three. Spoiler <laughs> alert! I honestly call you Carlito. Like, I, I it's a hard nut to crack. Like, Rob, like we got to work. So when Carlos Carlos come, I was like, I don't know when Carlito's coming on, but next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good whatever works for you man <laughs> yeah thanks for having me i mean i i listen to a lot of video game music podcasts and literally no one else was talking about la mulana mm-hmm. ever and once i heard pernell talking about it i was like oh this is it this is my chance to like talk to somebody and it ended up being even more than that because when la mulana 2 came out in consoles i'm like I've been dying to play this. I backed it on Kickstarter, but I'm not really big on playing games on PC. Yeah. So I was waiting for a console release and I messaged dude up. I'm like, yo, you gonna play that game? He's, so and it turned into us 
it was like kind of competitive not really competitive but it was like what'd you do where are you at what weapons you got <laughs> it's a sort of egging thing like in a sense of um so people that know me know that whether i like a game or not like a game is really easy for me to get sidetracked and move on to the next product because i'm just jungling a bunch of stuff so when carlito was like hey um I mean, you want to play this? I'm going to start start playing this game. He was pretty much, I and mean, then get me that hype up to say, well, someone else is going to play it. I got to get in on this. I can't yeah. let this opportunity slip. So what would happen is I'd be playing it for a little bit, and then some other obligation would come like, oh, pretty, you got to race some ECPL Pokemon, or pretty, you got this review coming up next week. I'm like, ah, shoot, I guess I got to go back to this now. And then I'll get a message from him. He's like, I just beat a boss, in the, and, and I found Fallen Chaos, or I, I just beat this new boss. I'm like, crap, I haven't beat that boss. I found that dungeon going back. <laughs> I can't yeah. run home, go in the house. I was supposed to cook dinner, but not tonight. It's a lot of a lot of night. I just, I, I just specifically tuddle in to keeping up. And then the best stuff started happening where um we'd have we'd have like well, this is I guess this is a dumb combination of preamble for the topic too, but Lamalana mm -hmm. has a lot of I wanna say cryptic puzzles. But puzzles where the pieces are scattered yeah. so much that it feels obtuse. <laughs> so what ends up happening is you might get to a room that has a puzzle and the components are existed in three other regions in the world. And you're like, okay, I have two of these components, but I'm missing the third. So as that person's trying to solve the puzzle, they might message the other, like Carlio might message me, he's like, for now, I'm on this puzzle and I'm 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 so close. And I'm like, okay, have I solved this or not? No, I haven't. So I'll yeah. still bug him about it. And then as he starts talking, I'm like, wait a minute. I think I have something on that. And I'll go through my, my notes that I took and the text that I saved in the game. Like, there it is. The Kaminara pot. It's involved this thing. Try using it here. And I'm like, oh, my God. That was the missing link. And yeah. you just kind of put it all together. I can't I can't really think of another game that gives you that excitement. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's kind of like you were saying, though. There's like these... Imagine you have a jigsaw puzzle, but then when you open up the box, there's a bunch of pieces of puzzle for other puzzles. <laughs> you're like, well, how do I solve this? Then you got to find the other puzzles. And then in the end, you have a big, huge mural that you've made. <laughs> That's awesome. So <laughs> yeah. I, I just started playing and it's like I'm it took me a, it took me it took me a little while to sort of like understand how to play the game. Mm -hmm. Which is weird because it's just a platformer and it's kind of got that that exploration thing going on But knowing that yo, you can whip this to do this certain thing or you can come over here or like it's, it's expecting you to like to do something strange once you realize that It's expecting you to do kind of weird unexpected things You start to fall into it and then I started discovering all these items. I discovered a boss and like there's like a thrill There's a huge thrill to that. Mm -hmm. Yes yeah. yeah. Yes. So I'm going to start um, the show with just a little bit of history about the game. There's not a lot of history out there about this, but the does the main designer and uh, uh, producer of the game, his name is Takumi Naramura, and he wanted to create. <laughs> so the story of this is that he loved these really super difficult um, games, uh, particularly um, one called The Maze of Gallius from uh, from Capcom. I think it was Konami. Oh, Konami. Oh, Konami. Konami. Thanks. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was Konami. And yeah. and he was like, you know what? Games now are getting a little too easy, and they're holding your hand too much. And he wanted to create something that was a lot like that, but a little bit more fun and like super super challenging. And so mm -hmm. and he got together with two other programmers and created this game. 
for Windows in 2005 and only released it to a Japanese audience. So from 2005 to 2011, um, I mean, the game was growing in popularity, but never really made it out to a Western audience. So in 2011, um, it got popular enough where they took the entire game code and converted it and moved it over to the Nintendo Wii. And that was in 2011. And they redid the music, they redid uh, the graphics, they redid all of this stuff in 2011. And then in 2012, they released it out to um, North American and European audience on Wii. And then 2014 uh, and 2015, it came to the PS Vita. And then it just really, really grew in popularity there. Um, the name uh, La Mulana is actually uh, Naramura phonetically backwards, which I thought was pretty oh. interesting. Yeah, so that's, yeah, where, that's, that's where the fun. name comes from. Um, and all the music, I believe, is composed by Takumi Naramura. Uh, the original game in 2005 was supposed to look like an, like an old-school MSX game, M- uh, MSX computer system game. So the music had like a chiptune sound to it. Um, it was very, not very beepy, but it was really interesting. And then in 2011, 2012, it was, it was redone in a, a kind of a newer style of that time. Still not super advanced and orchestrated, but it's, it's much, much more cleaned up. And then um, La Mulana 2 came out, was it last year? No, it came out in 20, I want to say 2018, actually. 20, the original PC one. Um, so that's that's really exciting. And um, you've been telling me about this game for a while, and it's just so interesting. And you, the way you talk about it, like, got me, I actually got my got my wife, Christy, really interested in it, too. She's like, why aren't you playing this game? It sounds crazy. So <laughs> so now I'm playing it, and it's uh, it's frustrating and really cool at the same time. It's such a confusing thing to feel in this regard. Like two things. Well, one, how compl- how weird can this game get? Well, first thing to mention was back when the game first came out in 2005, something I read indicated that this was this was still early internet, in my opinion. This <clears throat> yeah. wasn't where we're at now. So um, mm-hmm. it resulted in a bunch of people collaborating via like Reddit-type forums to collectively try to solve the game and complete they had to work together to beat the game the first people that beat this game did it collaboratively um it wasn't a one-man effort with that said though you can beat the game alone it's just it will be harder because you're juggling everything by yourself the second thing i wanted to mention is that i find it interesting how this is one of those games where i feel so conflicted on the recommendation for it like someone will go hey i'll give you an example like our friend cam worm um he was he was like, hey, Pernell, do you think I would like La Mulana? And I was like, nope, you'd hate it. And he was like, what do you mean I'd hate it? I like like old school games. I'm like, I know you do, but you were recently upset about the jumping in Bloodstain. I think the jumping and this is going to make you even more angry. <laughs> it's just a thought. And so it that makes me like, angry for sure. Let me tell you, yeah, it makes me so mad. Thing. Here's where it gets weird, though. So. He's like, now I want to buy it even more. Like he was like, the fact that it sounded interesting to him, and the guy who made it sound interesting told him he wouldn't like it. It was like, now I have to try. So he ended up buying it. Came back to us. Was like, this game is a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. And it shocked me because I didn't expect him to. But now I'm happy that he did because now he's quote unquote in the fold. He's in. Mm. So now we can talk to him about it. And his explanation about the jumping as to why he was okay with it, despite it still making him mad, hmm. is the fact that he gets the deliberateness of the jumping. It's not like a glitchy jump. It's an intentionally rough jump. Yeah. It's it, it, the game design. Yeah, what's interesting about the jumping is 
you can jump super high, you can jump super, super far, but once you go into a direction, you're committed to that direction until gravity pulls you down. Once gravity pulls you down, you have some control over your horizontal direction, but there's a lot of friction, there's a lot of drag on it. So so you can get your initial hop going and then you can't adjust it after the fact. And then if you walk off a ledge, you're, you're vertically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Vertically, yeah. you're going down, but it doesn't allow you to, to move left or right as if you were hopping. So if you're on your own, so if you're, if you're jumping, if you make the decision to jump on the down, on the downward, you can adjust a little bit. But if you don't make the decision to jump and just walk off a ledge, you're just, yeah, you're a dead weight and you just fall straight down and it's annoying. It's super annoying. And the crazy <laughs> part about it, it's annoying, but the more I think about but it's it, intentional. it kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's intentional. Like you have no momentum to propel you left and right if you just walk off the side. Yeah. Whereas if you kind of like move, you're like, okay, I can adjust a little. Like, and a lot of the puzzles and a lot of the platforming is built around that mechanic. Um, mm-hmm. It wants you to do that. It wants to make it difficult in that way. I mean, the, the game, there's there's a, there's a really uh, cute and funny um, YouTube video that they released um, when the remake of La Mulana 1 came out. It was like how to play the game. And it's like, yeah, you're going to die over and over again. That's how you learn. And it doesn't block yes. it doesn't block your path with walls and keys. It blocks your path with like just obst like with enemies and with obstacles that are so overwhelming that you'll want to come back to it later. And I thought that was mm-hmm. super interesting. It's not like um, Symphony of the Night where a whole section's walled off because you need the key to get in there or you have to have a double jump. A whole section's walled off because there's a giant cyclops monster that you cannot walk past or it will kill you. So mm-hmm. The process, the process of playing this game is just accepting that you will die over and over again. And you need to take lots of notes of what you found along the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm learning that. That I'm learning that the, the, the detail, the level of detail of notes I need to take and that I really need to keep a map. Like a, like a physical map on top of the map they give you in the game because I need to, I, I need to mark like what's in what room. <laughs> it's crazy. I'd say... My best suggestion on the map thing um, would was to give anybody even starts the game to rather than try to well if you have graph paper that just makes it wacky fun but you don't have a graphing paper mm-hmm. rather than draw a physical map look at the map the game gives you create coordinates out of it and then note your locations by coordinate oh that's so a good idea oh and so when I make my notes I just put the coordinates on the notes yeah like <sighs> in, in B seven there's a thing here. That directs me to C six. I'm learning. Like, I'm learning so much already on the show. This is this is the best. I do think that the game has a lot of adventure game DNA in it. Even though it's like a puzzle platform exploration game, it's just as much an adventure game in how you solve problems. And I, it really pulls you in once you cross that threshold. And I gotta say. It's also what you just said is a major part of why I refuse to call it a Metroidvania. I've seen companies try to describe it as such, like, yeah. hey, the new Metroidvania game is not a Metroidvania game. It, the only thing it has in common is literally you find items in rooms and yeah. they're interconnected. That's it. But this game is like the proto Metroidvania. You know, like this, this, like because this came, this, this jumped off of uh, Maze of Gallius which is very much like that. And then a symphony of the night was years later. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, let's make Castlevania. Let's take Metroid and let's take an adventure game, like a weird obtuse puzzle, like Sierra adventure game, and then like mash it all together and make That's something incredibly that, difficult. 
And that's where yeah. I think the difference lies is that when you, when you add the Sierra Adventure element, it takes it takes the Metroidvania element and just says, nope, that's not what this is anymore. Because right. if you think about any Metroidvania game, like the prime elements are exploration, but easy exploration. Oh, it's oh, never I'll take this back. Really... It's not, not Sierra Adventure. This is a lot more like LucasArts. LucasArts, okay. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah, because the hopping guy and all that. Getting the items and combining the items, yeah. But, like, once you have those things in place, you lose a lot of what makes a Metroidvania a Metroidvania. So I feel like when you describe it as that, it also creates a false sense of expectation if a person were to buy it. It's like, oh, wow, I love, you know, Portrait of Ruin or... I don't know, Sanfi the Night, I'm going to play Lion Milan. And they boot up, like, what the heck? Yeah, like, what if I drop? How do you drop a weight? You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. the game gives you none of the stuff that a Metroidvania would mm -hmm. to the point where what will happen if you come in with that mindset is you'll probably start, like, you'll start Lion Milan 1 and you'll just do random stuff. You'll get to the Temple of the Sun, which is one of the locations in the game, and you'll be stumped on what to do. You won't know where to go, how to proceed, because that's the point when the game says, you can't just keep going forward now. You have to figure out your next step. Okay, Whether hold you on. Miss something. Before we go any further, is the Temple of the Sun the place that has like three emblems and you, and you and you can jump on the little sides to make the emblems spin around in a circle? No, that's the... Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's what I'm kind of looking at right now, and I realize I probably should have like remembered some stuff before I got there, or <laughs> or none of the stuff that I looked at makes any sense and doesn't matter. But um. I feel like the first couple areas in the first game, they'll give you everything you need to get through the area in that area. Okay. So like Mausoleum of Giants, Every you'll start, you'll read tablets about this mythology. And that should give you enough clues to solve what you need to. Okay, good. All right. So I need to go back and read the tablets again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not die along the way. Okay. I don't want, I want any I don't want any spoilers. No, no no super super spoilers on some of the puzzle yeah. puzzle solving. But let's start with some music. This has been a longer intro than usual, but I think it's because we're all really we're really into this game. So And I'm drinking coffee. Yeah. You start oh, the other thing I yeah. should say is I opened a Steam account for the sole purpose to buy my friends La Mulana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted everybody to play this game. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. You're like, no, no, you're gonna play this game. You're gonna you're gonna decide if you like it or not, but you're gonna play I'll it. I'll at least slide them the you know, here, this one's free. Try this game out. <laughs> and if they get hooked, it's on them. <laughs> hopefully it clicked hopefully it clicked for a couple of them too. Yeah. All right, so our first track is going to come from Carlos. So what's your first pick? So um, we talked a little bit about Maze of Gallius, so I thought that it would be fun to start with Castle BGM, a track from uh, Nightmare 2, The Maze of Gallius. This is a Konami game from uh, the, the MSX system, the system that the first La Mulana is inspired by. Mm. And this is composed by uh, Konami legend Kazuhiko Uehara. So this is really cool. We're going to hear kind of like the uh, uh, the beginnings of what La Mulana aspires to be, and then we're going to get into some La Mulana music. Here we go.
Very cool. I like that little ending bit. You're listening to the castle background music from Nightmare to the Maze of Gallius for the MSX computer system composed by one of the Konami greats, Kazuhiku Oihara. And this was picked by Carlos. So yeah, excellent, excellent pick, Carlos. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I, I think that if you're if you play La Mulana, hearing this BGM, you, you can totally understand where the influence is. Mm-hmm. I love the kind of gallop. You know, this is on the MSX, so I think it's, what, three channels? And they mainly use two. I like that the there's, like, the the percussion's almost like a hype man. It just comes in when it needs to. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. But, uh, yeah, the game is... Um, you're playing as a knight, and you're exploring these ruins... And it's kind of obtuse in its own way, too. So um, I would say if you play La Mulana, you don't really need to play it, but it's fun to see where it came from. Yeah. Now, the, is it one of those games where they have, like, do they have, like, clues scattered about in the game's world, too, or is it more like Tower of Juaga where there are no clues? And you just kind of have to infer based on visuals. No clues. No clues. The other thing that actually is interesting that I'm just remembering now is that the MSX, like Konami games on the MSX, had an interesting feature where if you, there was a slot one and a slot two. So if you put a game in and then you actually put in another Konami game, it would affect the game. So um, in La Mulana, you get this PC that originally in the original version, it was literally an MSX that yes. you were using in the game. And you would find ROMs as you go through the game. And there's a unique feature where if you find ROMs that communicate with each other, it will give you a bonus effect. Mm. And that's actually rooted in the the real the reality of the MSX itself. Now, oh, see, that's cool. I learned something today because <laughs> all these years I've been playing La Mulata since 2013. I never understood why that mechanic existed. It never <laughs> made sense to me. Yeah, it's interesting. So weird. Yeah, so I that- think like uh, Salamander, Life Force, the... Um, mm-hmm. The MSX version, you could only get like the true ending of the game if you attached another game. Oh, I think I heard of that. Yeah, that's so weird. So, um, so this this uses the MSX uh, PSG, the program programmable sound generator, and there are only mm. three channels. Each channel either does a square wave or does the noise. So that's that's kind of why we get every once in a while the little the little drum fills because it's being used as a square wave, or maybe it's being used as sound effects, and then it kind of comes back. Perfect. Um, so yeah, but I, I watched a video on this, kind of like the history of of this game, and then it kind of ends with a little bit of La Mulana, but it's the history of Gallius. And some of the puzzles in this game are weird, where like, I don't know how you would ever figure it out. There's one section where you actually stand on a platform, and you have to turn left, turn right, attack left, attack right, and you do like this weird, oh little, my God! You oh, do a weird little dance, and then, and oh, then that's unlock something. Is that is that something that comes back in La Mulana? Yes. Oh, God. Last night, which makes it funny that you just said that exact one. <laughs> That's funny. Do here. So, yeah, it's there's a lot of influence. The original La Mulana had a ton of references to the MSX and to some other Konami games um, to the point where when they re-released it onto the Wii um, in 2011, they, they, a lot of what they did was not change the mm-hmm. puzzles or change the bosses, which they did some of that, but they actually had to remove all of these references to the actual MSX, to all of these Konami references because of uh, copyright infringement. Yeah, you can actually hear this track in the original PC release of La Mulana because there's like a secret area that's just <laughs> straight up a maze of Gallius area. <laughs> that's really cool. All right, so... Ar- hmm? 
they, they kind of snuck some of that in there too, like which I didn't even realize until recently. Like if you look at the cover of um, the La Mulana one box art or the you know the screen pop up art, the elder's wearing an MSX shirt, but you but it's sort of obscured by his like over by his button up shirt. Yeah, but he's wearing an MSX. Shirt. But it's but it's there. But it's not. Mm-hmm. What do they call the computer? The Mobile Super Extreme or mobile something? Super X. The Mobile Super yeah. X, which is what you carry around, and you can load programs on it, which is really interesting to like decipher codes. And you have an email program that talked to the old man back in the town, which is which he sent the translation on this game. I don't know who did the translation, but it's hilarious. Like I can't imagine what it would be like in the original Japanese because they're like, "Oh hell no, son! You just fell down a pit." I'm like. Who translated it into that? That's so weird. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, it's so surprising. All right, so from this, we're going to get into the original soundtrack for the first La Mulana. So we're going to hear what... It's, so it's on, a, it's on a Windows PC, but it's designed to sound more like an MSX game. So maybe not so much the PSG, but using the, uh, the OPL um, uh, uh, FM synthesis on the MSX. This track is called Death Game from La Mulana 1 composed by Takumi Naramura, and this is the theme of the Dimensional Corridor. Uh, we're back. Uh, you are listening to Death Game from La Mulana, the original La Mulana soundtrack from 2005. This was composed by Takumi Naramura. And yeah, so it definitely has that older sound, but it's not the PSG sound, the, the, the three square wave sound from the um, Maze of Gallius. But yeah, it's it's pretty intense. I, I like how it still has the big adventurous sound to it but um all of the melodies and the and the synth sounds are very like rhythmic like it's not quite galloping like that last track but it's all like that it's very very driving and drive drives you towards i don't know like the tension of the stage i don't know anything about this part of the game yet it's very tense oh man Paulito can talk on that one yeah so what i remember is that when you first get to this area um like almost every other room has a boss in it. <laughs> there, there, wow. there are areas, and there are like they call them room guardians, so it's like a mid boss. And then there's the guardians, who are like the major bosses of each area. Mm-hmm. And this dimensional corridor space, um, you fight like so many bosses, but the that's hard enough. But unless you 
solve a certain puzzle. When you leave a room and you come back, the boss will be there again. <laughs> oh, and no. it's just so crippling when you're like, oh, I barely beat this boss, and then you leave, and then you come back and he's there again. It's just a nightmare. <laughs> and they don't even outright tell you, by the way, if you don't do this, this will happen. At the time, you're just like, crap, they're coming. Why are they coming back? Yeah. But I like what Rob was saying about, um, I guess, I guess what I'm thinking is like, part of solving these like really challenging puzzles and part of the reward is like finding a new area. So like when you get to a new area, it's almost a reward in itself because everything has its own theme and everything has its own kind of personality so when you get to a new area and you hear the new music and you see like oh i guess what mythology they're pulling from for the area it's it's a fun reward in itself i much agree like we were talking to um cameron about this recently because he he's like a, he's like he's a very he's huge in the music a huge music aficionado so of course when he got into the game his first instinct was like i'm gonna listen to everything in the game i want to just boot up all the osts and when he left that i was like what are you doing stop <laughs> don't do that he's like what do you feel like there's a large part of this one thing to hear on a show or something but like a large part of the game experience for me in normal games in general but especially in this one is Hearing new music for a new area, it gets you pumped. Like, all right, what am I going to hear now? Where is this place going to sound like, you know? But if you already know what you're getting, that takes a lot of the oomph out of it, I think. But yeah. in that regard, like, yeah, the Dimensional Corridor is a... That area is rocky, and the tension is in the music and in the air, to the point where you feel a huge sigh of relief. You knock that last room guardian out, and you know he's not coming back. You're like, yes! Beat you! And then there's like a boss where that mops the floor with you. Yeah, I said that before too, that I think this is the only game... I, I mentioned this to Cam. This is the only game that the reward for solving a puzzle can be a punch in the face. Because uh, you solve a puzzle, and your reward is fighting a boss. And it's like... Oh, man. Oh, yikes. And in the case of one area, without spoiling the actual zone, I think it was funny that um, um, Carlito and I were both doing the same thing around the same time. So I beat the level a day before he did. So I didn't tell him what happened, but I knew it was coming. Where there's a point where you're making a jump and there's like two exits to the room. You're like, okay, I'm going to land here and walk out. And as you land and start walking, a giant fist lord just comes out of the wall and punches you off the cliff onto yeah. a bed of spikes. And I barely dodged it when it happened to me. I was like, oh, crap. And I moved. Yeah. And Carly was like, God the hell? I got hit with the face with a fist. Like, oh, it got you. <laughs> yeah. It pushes you down to the room below, and there's a boss waiting for you in that room. Oh, my God. <laughs> and like, and saving in this game is not the easiest thing. Like, like part of the, part of the, part of the, the challenge of this game is 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 saving a game and then exploring and then you can always warp back to a save point and that was only in the remake that was not in the original but you oh can, really yeah you can oh. only in the original you can only warp back to the main town whoa and that's the only way you can really gain health back um, as far as I understand as far as I know so far but um yeah. so yeah so even that is like it's tremendously difficult so you get super far you explore a bunch of stuff and then you're like pushing your luck. You're like I only have mm. like five hit points left. Should I? I'm really excited to see what's next. Is it worth going all the way back to the last save point and then backtracking all the way through again? I mean, it's. I, gotta... I mean, it's the again the thrill of finding something new can like be like okay I gotta know what's in that next room and then it's like 
three bosses in a row. Like that's killer. That's killer. I gotta say though, the fact that they add, if they only add that Holy Grail traveling in mm-hmm. this remake, that was a positive design choice. Because yes. don't get me wrong, I love the I love pushing my luck and challenge, but. I think the Holy Grail travel is a respect for the player's time. Yeah. In the regards that the challenge is still there. It's yeah. just now you can actually, I don't know, get back to it without running through five areas that are interconnected. Yeah, I know. If <laughs> anyone's playing this game and like, oh, it's not the original, you know, it's not that the pure original game. Like, no, 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 no. Play the remake. Play Only play the remake. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about that original. All right, Another but- interesting thing about the remake, really quick, is... Um, when they remade it, they actually played on players' expectations that played the original. So there's a couple spots where there's like a secret, and then when you trigger it in the remake, it's actually a trap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that's nice. I like that. There's yeah, a lot of funny. traps in this game. There's a lot of things where it's like, oh, I should do this next, and like spikes just fall on you, or, or, <laughs> or just a pit opens up. Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> it's annoying, but cool. But it's it's because, you know, I, I feel like... The, like that's the developer talking to you or cracking jokes at you or with you. And yeah. I, and, I, and, that, and it actually comes through, like not just through the dialogue, just through the gameplay. It's like, yeah, you should have known better, you know? Of I course I'm going to mess it, with you. I also think of it like, um, I, just, I usually describe this to a lot of people, especially those who just don't play games at all. Like they'll see me post a fake random photo on Facebook and they go, what the heck is this Lama Lana you keep rambling about? And my go-to is like, it said Indiana Jones didn't have plot armor and... The temple didn't pull punches. Yeah, yeah. In regards to the fact, like, in a t- I feel like if a temple was actually booby trapped and guarded, there would be false, false puzzles inside. They wouldn't all just be, "Hey, this will make you progress." This will be like, "Hey, if you don't know that you shouldn't go that way in the first place, you will die just by trying to do that." <laughs> I think that's a very clever way to design, yeah. like, as I'll call it, a hell house. It really so, is. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of it's more realistic in that way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not realistic in that you can die and come back over and over again. <laughs> okay, Pernell, what's your first track? All right, I feel like this will be a good choice based on the description you just gave about that uh, Carlos just gave recently. So we'll get to that. So actually, you both said something along these lines. Hmm. Um, this is from the game La Mulana Two, which, by the way, I didn't pick anything from La Mulana One this episode except for maybe my bonus round because I realized. That La Mulana is another variant of my Rise Star in that I try to get everything on it. Oh, you've already played it. Yeah. I played a lot of L1 and LM1, so I'm sticking with two for this one. Um, this is track is called Fallen Tower from La Mulana 2, and it's composed by Takami Naramur.
Welcome back. You're listening to Fallen Tower from the game La Mulana 2, composed by Takami Naramura. So, this track plays in the area called Ancient Chaos in La Mulana 2, which is also known as Primordial Chaos. It is a track that I feel carries a lot of nice styles with it. Um, between the from the chanting to where's the where's the instrument where it's like they're trying to replicate was like the I guess it might be just like a like a maybe a sito. Where it's like oh, it's, a, it's, thing, a, thing. it's called a koto. A koto. Yeah. There we go. Like I just I love everything that this track brings to it, and I wanted to especially mention on this episode because it does a great job of providing the player with that sense of discovery and exploration and anticipation of what they're going to get. Because mm. as you're playing La Mulana 2, the pit, well, first of all, the game isn't linear at all. So this might not happen to you, but chances are it will. In that you will first find this area by happenstance. The music will start playing. It's very, it almost looks hellish. Like the first enemy you see, the three-headed fire-breathing dragon, um, it's a very hellish environment, but you can't really do anything there. You're just like, okay, so I'm here. It's one room, pretty much. What do I do to progress and experience it further? And I was spending a good chunk of the game from that point trying to find my way into this area proper. And I just wanted to get there. I wanted to hear this music for a longer period of time. And I wanted to see what the area had to offer me. So, talking to Carlito online... I, we would just talk about random stuff here and there, and then when I eventually discovered this place at 1 a.m. one night, I, like, messaged him and, like, all caps, like, I found Ancient Chaos! I'm so excited! I can finally explore this place! And he was like, what, you found it? I was like, yes, I did! And he was like, I didn't find it! I was like, well, you've been to the place that has it, so you better get cracking! <laughs> yeah, so then it just, I totally, like, stopped what I was doing, and I'm like, alright, this is what I'm focusing on now. <laughs> Gotta find that zone. And it's such a great location. It's like a puzzle that we used to juggle. It's like where it's like the only thing it tells you is like the words are pray to Anu, and Anu is the boss of that area. And the game wants you to pray to Anu in various ways, but it doesn't outright tell you what they are. And some of them are pretty obtuse. Like, you want me to do what now? In fact, yeah. one of them, without spoiling it for the listeners, I did it by accident while mm. trying to do something else, <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll take it. I understand what I did, but I didn't realize that that was going to do the trick. I'll take it, and I can hold that for other players, though, if they need help. Um, but it's it's such a great zone. The music for it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny, like, Rob is even, like, bobbing his head a little bit. I was like, wait a minute, I think you kind of like the track a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I like it. It's, it's pretty cool. The um, It's a little heavy, like a little heavy on the guitar sounds. Um, but the I really like the cheesy uh, uh, horn sections that that kind of pan left and right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know why that that kind of stuff gets me every time. And an interesting thing also that I feel like might have been a design change in La Mulana too that I didn't even think about until what you mentioned about the original version on the last track. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the spa, and you said how in the original game you could only work back to the village mm-hmm. and the spa, as in both games, the spa is the only place you could really get health. But in La Mulana 2, they actually added a few spas in the actual dungeon areas, too. You have to find them, though. Of course, they're not like just available to you. Um, but if you find them, you can heal up while you're running around in the dungeon. And they also give you like temporary like ability perks. Like one of them, for a couple mm-hmm. minutes, your sub-weapons are unlimited ammo. So you can just spam them. Um, really valuable. Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh, wow. And yeah, because like, I, I have a gun in the game, but I know there's only so much bullets. And... 
I have a shield and it only hangs around for so long. Like everything is just, it's just dangerous. Everything can just go at any moment. Well, I can at least tell you in regards to those two things. The gun, I think Carlito can agree with me on this. The gun is there as a sort of like, so so I hear you're getting screwed over by this boss. Well, you have a gun with some bullets in it and you can use that, but to reload it, Costs a stupid amount of money. Oh, really? So, <laughs> yeah, like a box of. I think the gun costs two hundred dollars, but a box of bullets costs four hundred dollars. Oh, wow! Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the gun was a hundred because I was fighting that the first boss I ran into, and I was starting to get low on health, and I wasn't sure if I was doing it right. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just try the gun, and then just one hit just exploded. And yep. I was like, oh. Yep. Uh, so when you want to get street, you bust the gun out. Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's what the. And like the shield, you you'll upgrade that eventually. The shield oh, okay. isn't okay. the last one you get. That buckler's jank, but eventually, oh, okay. you're like, all right, now I have a shield that doesn't suck. But that's good time. That's oh, good to yeah. know. These aren't like total spoilers, but it's it's good to know that like, all right, so the gun was there just to be like, okay, you're you're not doing super good. Time to just you know, pull that out. That's mm-hmm. also a large another part of the fun of collaborative communique too, because. Um, We'd be talking about you know situations and like Carlo would mess with like I beat the boss I probably beat the boss I'm like oh congratulations like oh I had to break the gun out (laughs) I had to to unload it's a temptation you know it's like the easy way out I gotta (laughs) say I'm I'm considering like the next boss I run into just pulling it out but knowing that it's super finite like that and that the bosses the 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 bullets themselves are expensive maybe I'll just maybe I'll just fight my way through and see how well I can do I mean I'm not I'm not good at video games. (laughs) <laughs> but I'll, I can try. So I will say this on the on the second game, without spoiling any of the character bosses. Like I'm not thinking what the bosses are, but like mm-hmm. I held the gun the entire game. I was like, I will not use the gun. I don't need the gun. And I got to the very last boss. It was almost like the mega elixir because the last boss's final form was pissing me off something fierce. I was like, screw this, baby! <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. It broke me enough to say, I gotta use this gun. I can't do this anymore. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I know that there's an achievement for not using sub weapons, but you could almost have one just for not even purchasing the gun. Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! Because like right now, I'm going for the no. That's one of the things that got me to play La Milana One again. Because like you know how I am, it's hard for me to replay an old game that I've already beaten. Because I'm always there's just so many other games I should be playing right now. But, but you're going back on nightmare mode. I not only put it on nightmare mode, but I'm also doing it without sub weapons. So Yikes. it's uh, it's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> Um, oh, thanks. Bosses that I thought were jokish are mopping the floor with me. Like, Cameron beat a boss last night, and there's this happens to me in normal games where people are playing on different difficulties, but it was especially heavy on this one because Cameron beat the boss of the Mausoleum of the Giants, mm. and he flat out says, that was really easy. <laughs> and I said, I hate you right Did now. Did you use the gun? <laughs> Did you use anything that, so that- wasn't a whip? <laughs> So I think that's the next boss I'm looking for. Um, is that one? Is either that one or the? Um, I think that's the next one I'm looking for. So I'm straight up sequence close. breaking, and he's still giving me problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that, that's what's interesting about this game too. A lot of, well, I'm assuming both of them are this way, but they're they're right. They're not linear. There's a lot of things you can do, and you do them in whatever order you find them, and that's mm-hmm. that's really exciting. I mean, certain things are unlocking other areas, but you can get to other areas in different ways. You can just come back to that area at another time. Um, to me, that's a little frustrating because I feel like, what if I'm missing something that I need, but I don't know that I need it, and it's somewhere else? But that's the game. That's the way it is. That's that's but, that, that's the way it pisses you off. But here's an interesting <laughs> magical thing about that too. I think 
this is another thing where I don't think a lot of gays can say this. This mm. game has a language, I'll say. Yeah. And what that means is that so I played La Milana 1 back in the day. And back then, it t I took a bit to play and run around and do stuff. Didn't beat it. Then I played it again on the Vita in 2016. That was when I finished the game proper. Um, then I played through La Milana 2 recently. Going back to La Milana 1 now, I don't remember most of the puzzles. I just remember here is, I, I can get an item somehow. I just don't know how to get it. But what's been happening is that I think about this game in a way that I didn't used to. So I'm doing things that I would have never done the first time I played this game. It's like, I think there's something that could be done here. I'm going to just dive into this lava pool and see if I could do something. And I'm like, whoa, it works. Yeah, um, like, yeah you're speaking I'll the do... language now. You're like, oh, I, it wants me to try something. Like, I'm sure it does. But you wouldn't have known yeah, that I, just jumping in. I totally agree. Um, and it also has this way of teaching you about this history of these ruins that you're in and uh similar to pernell i'm going back and playing one thanks to cam too because he's been interested so um reading all of the mythology all the tablets it's kind of like putting these bigger puzzle pieces together knowing what i know from the second game and incorporating that into the first game and also i'd say like when you're first playing the first game you become terrified right away. <laughs> so you're scared to do stuff. But yeah. now you're kind of like having the hindsight, I'm kind of empowered by it. So it's kind of fun to kind of flip it on its side like that. All right, well, let's uh, let's keep this, this uh, episode going. And we're on to your second track, Carlos. Yeah, so this track is called Dance of Midgard. It's from La Mulana 2. And it's composed by Takumi Naramura. And this is the theme for the immortal battlefield area.
You're listening to Dance of Midgard from La Mulana 2, composed by Takumi Naramura. And wow, this this is a this is a track and a half. Like, first of all, it's, it's a bit longer, but holy moly, this is it's got so many parts to it. It's much more involved than the other the other tracks that we've heard so far. I think that's definitely intentional too, because this area, Immortal Battlefield, is the largest area in the game, and you're going to be exploring it a lot, and actually going back to it a lot. Um, so, like this kind of long form track really fits with it. I like that it has this kind of tribal feel to it. And I also like it has like a ska rhythm. Yeah, it does. <laughs> thrown yeah. in there too. <laughs> a little unexpected. I love. Yeah, yeah really I love fun. the uh, the second half. It gets a little smoother. Like it starts heavy, gets a little smoother, then builds back up again uh, with the horns. It's, it's so different and interesting. Um, One of the other things that I really like about La Mulana, and I've said it a little bit, is the, the kind of the different cultural aspects of the game. So, um, have, have you guys ever seen Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom? Yeah. Yes. There's like the dude that like will rip people's hearts out. You end up straight up encountering a guy just like that in this game. <laughs> oh, Endra. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, like he controls lightning. I like that. Like, I gotta say, like, a lot of that classic Indiana Jones stuff is gets on the borderline or maybe full-on racism but with this game it's like you know what we're just having fun we're making fun of that stuff and um it's a little you know it's it's low it's low resolution so um, yeah it looks like an older game yeah they get away with that they get they get more away they get away with that a little bit more which i think is is good i think it's really good this is amazing i'm I'm actually looking forward to i didn't listen to any of the la milana 2 soundtrack to be honest with you in preparation for the show I was just really interested in what the original sounded like, especially after getting involved in the first game. And also seeing that you and Carlos picked everything from La Mulana 2. <laughs> I was like... I would... What were you about to... Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I feel like... like it's been a, I've been having this weird battle in my head where I'm like, which soundtrack do I prefer more, the first game or the second? Mm-hmm. Because, well, the first game, there's more of a nostalgia feel to me with it now because I've been playing it for longer. And then there's this one, which is technically new hotness. Um, but after I left Deliberation, I feel like, iconically, the first game has a better OST. But as far as general production and sound, mm-hmm. I think the the second one totally takes it. Because even though, like, first of all, the, the first game's OST was just them trying to really build on, like, the original's OS, uh, MSX version. Mm-hmm. Or homage version so they weren't able to really go full flow with it it was just okay how do we improve what we already did um but with this one they went all in with good instruments with more sounds appropriate to the different locations you're going to and everything just feels grander all the music is grander to me um in a way where i just keep coming back to it i've been listening to the ost at work for like the past two weeks off and on it's freaking gold and like I, I just love it. Like this has become my thing. Like I'm hoping that over time, like you said earlier, you're like you're not too big on the OST at first, but it's growing on you. I think, yeah, it's really. Like, growing. I hope it's, and I think that's something that happens with a lot of games. I think too, which is a large part of how I come into a lot of the tracks I pick for the show too. In that, if you haven't played a game or you haven't experienced the track in the game itself, you're hearing sounds, and while the sounds may be good, overall you still are listening to sounds that you have no attachment to and no history with but when you play it in the context it was written for in the game it was it's at its end and you're experiencing the momentum of your character interaction and control while this is playing 
I think it does something to music that just listening to it doesn't do. It it enhances it. And now when you listen to that track, you'll feel extra special about it. Like and I guess like the last context I'll say to this and then I'll I'll stop rambling is that um so without spoiling the particulars, there's a certain area in La Mulana two that is a direct callback to La Mulana one. But it's only a callback if you were really intricate in exploring the game. And it is also an area that gives pretty much every LM1 player PTSD. Like, it's horrible. Really horrible. And the game uses this callback in such a way that when I found it and when I walked in, I was like, I got to go get a, I gotta get something to drink. I got to stop. And I put the <laughs> controller down and walked away because I was like, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> I just don't want to. That's fine. That, it could affect you that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it really does. Well, and like, hmm. and if other players get there without that experience, they won't have a similar reaction. They'll just go, "Oh, here's some more music. Here's another zone. I'm going to play it now." <laughs> if you have that touch, well, hopefully well, this next track doesn't give you those same horrible feelings. Um, maybe it will. <laughs> I don't know. This is uh, the Grand Ritual from La Mulana, um, the original version. This is the theme of the Twin Labyrinths, composed by Takumi Naramura. back you're listening to grand ritual from la mulana the original sound version for windows composed by takumi naramura and i picked this track because it is very clear that it's taking its inspiration from castlevania and uh la mulana originally did take a lot of its inspiration from uh konami games konami adventure side-scrolling games particularly the uh, castlevania game for the msx2 computer system and it's called, uh, not called, well, in Japan, it's not called Castlevania. It's called Vampire Killer, uh, specifically Vampire Killer. And it's a very different uh, Castlevania game than what you'd be used to on the NES or the Super NES. It's, um, it's very much more of an adventure game, very much more screen to screen. Um, you're looking for items and carrying items and combining items. So um, it's very different in that way. But this music is very 
it's got that dark edge to it, you know. It's it's very cool. And in that second that second section, you said that that wasn't even in the uh, the remake, huh? Right. The yeah, remake a- version is uh, the music a bit different, and I think maybe it was Naramura saying, ah, maybe I didn't think this worked the right way, so I'm gonna change it. But who knows? But it's cool that there are like these two different versions of this track. Mm. And honestly, this was an eye, a, well, an ear opener for me because I didn't know about this. Like recently, um, again with Cam playing it, and he was gushing about the original versions OST over the current. And through this discussion, I didn't. I only learned then that the the Hidden Treasures edition, which just came out on all the consoles, actually offers the ability for you to play the chiptune version of the tracks in the game itself, whereas the old game, the one I played, mm-hmm. did not offer you that ability. Oh, interesting. Yeah, on PS4 that I'm playing it on, I can change between the original and the chiptune versions. Um, and that's, exactly. Yeah. How, actually, here's a question. Which one are you using more, you think? Uh, the original. What they call the original, which is the remake. Um, I, I flip back and forth to the chiptune just to see what it sounds like, but I'm, I'm really just keeping up because it, it all defaults to that style, so I just, I've just kept it as it is. And like that's where I've been. Like I still keep it that style, but now that I know that I can listen to the chiptune version on the version I, I'm playing for my replay, like I'll go to a new area and I'll boot up the chiptunes to say, "Here's how this. How's this sound? How's this sound?" But I didn't actually do that for Twin Labyrinths. But now, when I get back there, hardcore to explore. Oh, this one's coming up. This is. I like this version a lot. Yeah, Twin Labyrinths is an interesting area. It kind of um, takes. There's there's a mechanic that you encounter in the game where each area basically has a mirror version of the area and Twin <coughs> Labyrinths kind of messes with you, so it's hard to figure out when you first encounter the area. Hmm. Uh, like, which is the back side and which is the front side? Ah, oh, right. I should mention uh, the first track I played, Death Game, was not composed by Takumi Naramura. It was composed by Horyu Samajima, which is another um, developer and composer on the game. So Yeah, oh, they're nice. like the two main composers. Right. Uh, but the arrangements, all the remake arrangements, were Takumi Naramura. So, yeah, very uh, like a renaissance man, you know, doing everything. It's, it's very interesting when I see games where it's only like one or two people just doing all the artwork, all the music. And, and, and with, yeah. a, with game, like of the gameplay this deep, you know, with this much going on, you know, if you're taking a lot, if, if I've seen your book of notes, Purnell, I can't even imagine what it's like for the person who created the game, right? It must be like a, an encyclopedia <laughs> of, of, of maps and all sorts of stuff is get i guarantee you that's got to be something like that because i can't imagine keep like i i had trouble remembering to hit record at the beginning of this episode and this guy is like <laughs> okay i gotta remember not only you know the logic of my own game throughout every universe i gotta figure out how to logically make every room interconnect yeah and in the case more particularly of la milana one mm-hmm. how to make the rooms illogically interconnect because right. the first game had a lot of it. Can you imagine <laughs> being a can you imagine being a playtester doing QA on this game, having to like oh, try no. it? It's gotta be insane. It's gotta yeah. be insane. Right, knows like this is broken, this is broken, this is broken, and the guy reviews him like, yep, this is correct, this is correct, this is correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is all In a lot of ways we kind of were to playtesters because they would revise it for the remake and then even when the remake came out, they would update it a little bit. So I think that hmm. the PlayStation 4 version, if you're playing La Mulana One um, there's some, I think they add some signs and some wayfinding things just to kind of help the player a little bit. It's still hard, no kidding, but, yeah. um, over the years they've updated it a handful of times. Well, that's good to know. So like maybe the version I'm playing now is like the most, 
current, up to date, yeah. less buggy or more more straightforward. Like straightforward mm-hmm. in the biggest quotation marks I've ever done with my fingers in my life. Um, <laughs> all right, Pernell, what is your last track? All right. Well, originally I was going to go with this one, which is a much heavier boss theme, but. Over time and re-listening the OST and reflecting on it, I'm starting to think that this one may be one of, if not the best boss themes in the game, which is totally unlike me. But let's go with it anyway. This comes from the game, of course, Lime Lunar 2, and the title of it is called Last Guardian, composed by that guy we've been naming the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. You're listening to Last Guardian from the game La Mulana 2, composed by that guy. 
<laughs> just like doing that now. <laughs> I I had other tracks in mind for my second track on the show, and even prior to like the last couple of days, if you were to ask me to pick a boss track, it would have been a number of other ones, such as maybe the Dragon Embrace one from multiple episodes ago that I used to like harp on as being amazing, and it still is. But um, aside from just the sound itself, my experience in history with this track has easily put this on the top of the list. And Carlito is a big part of it because, so context for the game without outright spoiling the solution is that um, this track plays for the boss of the underworld. Basically, it's the ruler of the underworld. And uh, you hear about this person in this location very early in the game. We're talking maybe two hours in, but I didn't get to this person till like hour 45 of the game because to get there is, uh, for video game context, a Herculean effort because <laughs> you have to get, first you have to get advice on how to reach this place and you have to get that from a bunch of different people who have been there throughout that are hidden throughout the world. Then you have to learn the tricks of how to get to the bottom of the place, how to unlock the entrance to get to the place. And then once you're inside, the biggest ridiculous thing of all, which is that you have to, again, without spoiling too much, you have to find a specific route, I'll just say, a route to get there. Hmm. And as first you have to piece the route together because it's not obvious. Then you have to acknowledge the fact that for every stage of the route, you lose a piece of equipment. So you become less mobile and weaker oh, as you yeah. do it, and you can't leave. Once you start this, you're locked in, so that grail fails. You can't do it anymore. Um, so it got to the point where, like, Carlito and I were just talking about it. I was like, okay, it's Saturday. We're going to solve this crack. And it was an <laughs> entire day's effort yeah. of both of us solving it in our own way. And occasionally passing notes, but I was like, I think I feel like we've just I've deciphered this effort. Try this out for now. I'm like, okay, I'll give this a try. Okay, that makes sense. And I was like, I feel like the fifth stage is this right here because it's just staring me in the face, but I gotta get there. And then there was a missing piece of the puzzle we were both forgetting. And then yeah. when it was finally established, like, oh my god, it's all coming together now. <laughs> and then it finally happened, got to the boss, and they, they're basically like, you finally reached me. You put through so much effort to get here. Now, what would you like to know? And the game gives you like options to choose, and they each have different results. And the one I immediately went was like, I'm here to kick your ass. <laughs> I'm so angry. I just want to end this. So, of course, you say, I'm going to kick your ass, and then you kick off this boss fight. And for me, I'm still torn on whether I think it's an easy fight or a difficult fight. But what I do know is that I was only able to win personally by coming up with a very unconventional method of fighting this person, something I've never used in this game or the first game. Never did it, but I had to try it in this game, and it actually worked, and it was the only way I was able to win. Hmm. So I was very, very happy about that outcome. So I have that and to look forward to. Yes. <laughs> it was the culmination of a lot of effort, a lot of time, and just a general good time. And again, it just emphasizes the point that <coughs> this game, when you accomplish something, like people like to talk to me a lot about why do you like to play hard games, Pernell, when you could be playing you know, this easier game, or why do you want to challenge yourself in this way mm -hmm. and the reason is i definitely get that folks will play games to unwind and loosen up here and there you know like i just want to relax for a hard day but there's something to be said about playing a game that challenges you and since it's a game that's challenging you 
the, the price of failure is just, oh well, I just played this game and didn't solve this puzzle. But the price of success, which oh, you get when you accomplish it, yeah. is such a high. It <clears throat> the feels reward, amazing. The reward is so much greater. Like even just like the the, the the early stages of the first game, like I'm I'm feeling that 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 reward. It's so it's so good. Yeah, and like if you compare, say, I mean, because that's how games are, the games are designed to make you feel mm-hmm. rewarded. That's what brings us back. That's like the scanner box concept. But if you were to say compare your experience with getting a reward in, say, I don't know, Animal Crossing or like Forager, which are both games I like, by the way. And then comparing it to the feeling of rewards you get for accomplishing something in La Mulana, I feel like my high, quote unquote, is much higher mm-hmm. when I do it in this game. Yeah, much much greater dopamine hit off of that. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy, but it works. It's so true. So I'll stop rambling, but that's <laughs> where my head is on that. Well, you do I'm, you f- you feel like an archaeologist by the time you finish this stuff because. You've done so much research trying to get through the game. So this is like, um, and so so like Guitar Hero or Rock Band. This is like Archaeologist Hero because it <laughs> simulates that. <laughs> I also made the joke that it's like Ancient Aliens, the game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say too much, but it kind of um, is. I gotta tell you, yeah. that, in, in another month, I'm gonna have hair like that guy. <laughs> oh, nice. And I will say, just between you and Carlos, if you're like, hey, an idea for like, what was another place you can get a similar high to this that may not be the same but close? I will say, thinking back, Silent Hill 3 is probably the only other time I've gotten such a high because that game is the only Silent Hill game where there's a dip switch where you can choose the difficulty of the puzzles in the game. And if you put it on hard, they acknowledge that you want to be challenged. So, like, the first puzzle in the game and that, you're, you're going to a bookstore. And to resolve that puzzle, I actually had to turn the game off, get on the internet, and research Shakespeare, Shakespearean <laughs> plays, and then take notes on the plays, and then come back to the game and compare it to the bookstore that rabble. It's like, okay, Macbeth, you know, Romeo and Juliet. It was, it was crazy. But I, I felt bad playing that game because I actually went in. I think I put it on an easier mode because I know that I'm not going to be good at the combat. But um, I was disappointed later to learn that the puzzles were actually more harder and to me more interesting. On, on a harder difficulty, but I mean, that's that is one of my favorite games like ever is Silent Hill three and two, but th- it's mm-hmm. they're so good. Um, all right, we're gonna turn this track down and we're gonna get into the most dangerous part of the show, the bonus <laughs> round. <laughs> bonus round, bonus round. Uh! All right, bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme, and our theme this week is La Mulana. So, Carlos, what'd you find? So I was digging up La Mulana remixes and I landed actually pretty quickly on one that I had to share. And it's called Interstice of the Dimension. And this is a remix from La Mulana 1 performed by Gametal. And this is uh, Tiamat's theme, who is one of the guardians, actually the guardian for the dimensional corridor that you, the track that you played, Rob. Oh, cool. And yeah, so uh, that that area punches you in the face and this area, this boss theme really punches you in the face. (laughs) All right, let's listen.
Ooh. Oh my god. Interstice of the Dimension from La Mulana, covered by Ga Metal. And yeah, that's a Ga Metal track because that, that those blast beats with a kick drum, yeah. that that's something else. That is some heavy stuff. Yeah, Tiamat does not play. This was my favorite boss fight in the first game. And Seconded. Um, yeah, it's it it's just insane. You're dodging tidal waves, you're dodging laser beams, and you're just trying to get these hits in. There's so many moments in La Mulana 1 and 2 where I just barely get the last hit in before I die. Oh, that's good. And actually, I've had a lot of moments where I get a hit, the last hit and mm-hmm. then I die, which is really disheartening. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, some yeah, of them do yeah. that, right? Where it's like you finish the boss and then like it throws you off a cliff or just things just fall down on you. Yeah, and a couple of the Guardians mm-hmm. will have kind of a last-ditch effort. Like, even though you killed me, I'm going to shoot one thing at you, and you better watch out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> right, well, keep, We're making yeah. this game sound like real punishment, and it is in a it lot is. of ways. Yeah. But the the appeal of it is so much so much stronger. Yeah, it's it's you don't have to be a masochist to be into this game, but it helps. So um. <laughs> It just helps to be able to accept the fact that dying isn't failure. Dying is learning. And by learning, you will grow and eventually overcome. Like, that's another element worth mentioning in that you hear a lot of folks, let's say that we reference our friend Dan, Dan Loughton. He uh, does a lot of speed runs, and he's, like, really good at a lot of games he plays. But if you ask him, he'll tell you he's not very good at games. But what he does do is practice. He gets better at them. And then eventually, through the practice, he becomes what looks like a pro-slash-expert. And in my eyes, he is. Mm-hmm. But he won't tell you that. But that skill came from experience and accepting that it's okay to lose. You don't have to make progress like from like stage to stage every play. Right, you right. just do enough to grow yourself. Yeah, it's a slow, it's a slow improvement, which I think appeals to me. I mean, that's kind of what appeals to me about um, fighting games too. You know, you're, you're, you're slowly improving yourself and then eventually slowly improving the gameplay. Um, yeah, a lot of people have to kind of get over, when you're learning to play fighting games, you're going to lose a lot. Yeah. Some people get salty and they just get mad and it's like, no, you got to learn how, right. why, why'd you lose, you know, figure <laughs> yeah, know. it out. Like a lot of people <laughs> say that, um, um, like, like enjoying a video game means you're beating it, you're winning, you know, but like not, not so much in fighting games and definitely not La Mulana. Like if you're dying or you're losing, then you, then you're learning and you're improving. And that's, that's, what's where we're at. That's where we're getting a lot of the enjoyment from. Um, all mm-hmm. right. So our next track is coming from actually, uh, a friend of the show. Um, he plays in the band, Steel Samurai, and this is his solo venture called WASD, W-A-S-D, and this is his cover of Monumental Subterranean Exploration.
All right. Yes. You are listening to Monumental Subterranean Exploration, which is a medley from La Mulana. And this was performed and arranged by Austin of WASD, W-A-S-D. Check them out on wasdband.bandcamp.com. And so good. Pernell pointed out that, yeah, we have played this on the show before. and But it's so appropriate for this episode, and it's so good. It's so good. If we, had a, if we had a La Mulana focus episode and he wasn't a part of it, it would feel wrong. It would feel really wrong. I'd feel bad after the fact. <laughs> like, like, he, like, I remember back when I originally picked this track, if I remember correctly at the time, he was like the only person that had done a cover for La Mulana 1. I couldn't yeah. find anything, but I was like, wait a minute, there's one right here, and I know that guy. I'm like, yeah, of course he's in Steel Samurai because they only play obscure video game music tracks. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was. It just felt so good to Perfect. see in... He's a great dude. All right, Pernell, what's your um, what's your bonus round track? All right, so my last track is going to come from... This is like the only track I actually went with La Mulana 1 on. And this is a remix by someone that went by the name Hylian Lemon. And it's called Saki Chills Out, which is appropriate now because Saki is kicking the crap out of me. <laughs> I need to chill out. So there you go. <laughs> All right.
back. Yeah. You Sorry. just <laughs> listened. Oh, it's okay. No, we're gravy. We're wavy gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to Saki Chills Out from La Mulana, remixed of the Saki boss theme from the game, and it's remixed and done by Hylian Lemon. Uh, this track is a banger. I love that. I like the chick's chip tune style of it. I love the second half that he did, which is very off the cuff for the track and well done. Um, it's so funny that like I picked the heavy metal track and then you picked the chip tune track. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I try to go a little different sometimes. Like That's again, good. reproduction of power, which was the track I was going to pick instead of Last Guardian, is like total rock, heavy um, music. Yeah, it's really cool. Like how I feel, I feel we've we've really represented a big breadth of all of the game's music, and the styles of the music, and all of like the styles of um, covers. So mm-hmm. yeah. So for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the, the artists' band ca- band camps and YouTube's and SoundClouds and everywhere where you can go buy the music <laughs> and support these artists. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us on episode 22-8 of Rhythm and Pixels, our focus on the La Mulana series of games, or the, or the, the duology of games. <laughs> um, and we have, like, I mean, we, we, this is a long time coming, and of course we had to have none other than our guest, Carlos, on the show to talk about it and listen to it with. Thanks, thanks so much for coming on our show. Dude, it was awesome. Thanks for having me. And I honestly, like, I don't know if I'd be through La Mulana 2 if it wasn't for me and Pernell playing through it. So thank you, Pernell, for giving me that motivation. Likewise, man. The feeling is mutual there. Like I said, I would I likely would have trailed off onto something else despite how much I like the game. If you weren't like, hey man, solve this thing, how far are you? I'm like, crap. And yeah. it was also like a particular moment because I was feeling particularly down it on one of the weekends. Like I was really feeling it. And I was about to do this whole, like, weekend shutdown. Like, I need to shut down and step away from everybody. And then I got this text from you that just said, You're going to fi- I gotta find the Cog of Antiquity! And I'm like, <laughs> we do have to find the Cog of Antiquity! And out of yes. nowhere, all that haze, all that fog that I was feeling just went away. Because uh. now, I was driven to do this thing. And that was my entire weekend. I took a photo of it and said, it's just like, well, we fucked it. But in the weekend, it took hours down that stinking cock. Like, you yeah. do have to find that out of the cock of antiquity. <laughs> That's important for me today. It yeah. is. Like, it, like, I've even recommended it to some friends because, like, I have some friends, like, you know, they hit, like, real reality for a second that are feeling it in regards to the current, you know, predicament. Like, I'm home all the time. I need to get out. I need to do something. And I was like, what helped me was to not necessarily just, like, find a time waster, mm-hmm. but to find an activity that I want to engage in, but will also take up my mind space in such a way that I won't want to think about anything else because I am so determined to do this thing. Mm. La Mulana 2 was that thing. And Carlos was that guy that was like, he kept me focused on that goal. He was like, do this thing. Like, I'm going to do this thing. And um, <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. now I try to be that for other people. Like, play this game. Just try it. This yeah. is like the time to do something like this. Yeah, honestly, uh, this is the perfect time to play a game like this. And um, and reach out to your friends who are also playing it, or, or reach out to us. Honestly, get send us an email, 
find us on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, let us know like where you're mm-hmm. at, what you're doing, because we'll help you out. We'll we'll be your support net. <laughs> Better believe it. Yeah. And that's no lie. I'm I'm passing tips to people every chance I can uh, get. It's worth it. Well, before um, we wrap up, uh, Carlos, do you have anything you're doing that you want to plug? So, um, yeah, I host. Oh, I co-host Heroes Three. So, um, not video game music related, but it's all about kung fu film and. I guess in a broader sense, Asian cinema. And uh, every two weeks, me and my co-hosts Matthew and Marty, we pick a different film and we talk about it. So right now we're actually covering gun action that started in the mid 80s. So John Woo movies like Mm. Hard Boiled and City Mm. on Fire and The Killer. We're gonna cover these films and talk about the history behind them. And I'd say that, uh, you know, if you're familiar with some of these movies, uh, you'll have a lot of fun listening to our podcast. Oh, very cool! Yeah, I, I, I really like. I, I grew up watching a lot of, um, well, mainly Jackie Chan, but then that kind of, yeah, like, like uh, they used to play that. But remember uh, the Tri-State Mall Theater? Yes. Yeah, I used to go there with my friend Steve, and we would watch all the Jackie Chan movies that came out. Oh, at, at oh that, that would be theater. a good place to watch it too. I know honestly. that place. I mean, it's not there anymore, but like when it was there, it was not a friendly place to be. <laughs> and if you're just like, you know, a 14-year-old white kid in Wilmington, like it's not a nice place to be. But we that's where we would go watch our movies. So but I cool. will but they had garbage pail kid card shows. Oh, did they? <laughs> Whoa. Nice. That's where I, that was the first time I ever saw an uncut sheet of garbage pail kids and I begged my mom for the money to buy one, but she just either didn't have it or wouldn't give it. I think she didn't have it and oh also God. wouldn't give it. Um give a reference to Tri-State me. Mall on the show. That's that's the weirdest that that's gotta be the weirdest Delaware reference we've ever gonna make. We're ever gonna make. I gotta say though that that was an impactful moment in my life though because that happened when I was like maybe six or seven years old. Wow. Fast forward many 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 years later, where I got my first job that paid me somewhat okay, and the, one of the first things I did with one of my first checks, I went online and found that uncut sheet of garbage pail kids, and it's in my basement right now. No kidding. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, actually, I was, when I when I first came across the money, I guess eighteen. 17 or 18 i went to sound of tri-state where they'd sold like um like real sketchy looking uh, uh car radios <laughs> and that's where i got my first turntables nice, nice. yeah um, See, tri-state mall is a place for memories <laughs> it is uh, good and bad yeah, that's definitely yeah ninja all turtles right. arcade game movie all right well check out heroes three podcast can they where can they find you is it on uh itunes we're on iTunes. We're on most, yeah, most podcast platforms, and Excellent. we have a uh, social media presence. Heroes, the number three podcast, usually on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook. Oh, awesome! Well, check that. Out. And you also do a lot of cool artwork on that show too, right? Yeah, I do artwork when I can. Uh, I have a lot of fun with that. And actually, um, Marty uh, is one of the Brueggemann brothers from the Su- Supermercado Bros podcast and um i've done artwork for a lot of their albums so oh, cool I, gu- I guess if we're talking about stuff like that i do some art sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it's cool how it's these good things, art it's, it's cool how art. these things like uh, uh all come together you know like the vgm podcast or here's three podcast and your artwork and even um yeah. uh with cam cam childs uh bruce irons from the mad gear we worked together kind of uh in a weird way worked together to do the uh the game that came out for turbo city guy Den. Yeah, totally. And that was a lot of fun. And I learned a lot from that process, too. Me too. Um, All right. So um, if you'd like to get in contact with our show, Rhythm and Pixels, uh, the best way to do it is over email. So send us an email. 
rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And if you'd like more information about our show and a full track listing from all of our episodes, go to the website. rhythmandpixels.com. Um, you can also go to youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels, and there we have uh, all of our episodes are reposted there, and we have a 24-7 radio stream playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics. It actually went offline for a while, and I didn't realize it, but it's it's back up now. It's got some new visuals, and um, I'll, be, I'll be updating the playlist actually pretty soon, but it's got a lot, a lot of music that goes on there. And like every six or seven tracks or so, uh, me and Pernell say, you're listening to our show. And we do <laughs> like, like two years ago, we recorded a bunch of promos. So that, that's a lot of fun. Um, and if you'd like to uh, check us out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, it's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. And if you'd like to support the show, just tell people about it. That's that's all That's all you really got to do. I mean, if you like it, share it with some people. Or, Spell it out with rocks on the, in your local park or something. That's right. Um, uh, uh, make a giant fire out of the words R and P. Just, just P. Just Purnell. No, I'm not in <laughs> Just burn your P. <laughs> you get a tattoo of Purnell's face. Um, yes. You can support us in other ways, uh, less less painful ways, by going to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. And if you support us there, you get access to um, a, a prequel episode every week of our show and also a live streamed episode once a month where we record in front of you and you can kind of hang out and chat with us. And our newest, our, our latest uh, episode will be coming out uh, tomorrow. So if you're listening to this as it, the day it's released, our uh, live stream will be uh, tomorrow night. And, and I got to figure like, out lighting because this is somehow a weird revelation on lighting. So maybe <laughs> oh, yeah. there's a way to make it work. I, we can we can get that lighting to work for now because otherwise it, I'm just talking to a the man in the box. <laughs> well, we also like to thank all of our. Uh, Patreon members at the end of every episode. So we start with That Nick Walker, Mike Myers, Taco, Harold Howard, Dave Taylor, <laughs> Reinhard Selkova. I'm just going to thank tacos from now on. All the tacos. Where was I? Andreas Milleberg, Dan Loughton, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma. I see you there. Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast. Thank you. Yo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yo, uh, <laughs> Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM podcast. Check him out on twitch.tv slash. I will find that. I think it's I think it's M I B R I sixty four Mebri sixty four. He's actually doing a C sixty four demo scene on play like big replays. It's really neat. Uh, Brian Pitt, Buttsbo, Hemick. <laughs> from KVGM, the last wave. He was on our last week's episode, and it was that was so funny. That was a lot of fun. That's that's probably one of my favorite episodes we've done. That was uh, great. Johan Nassie, that's a project for you, Carlos. Just mm-hmm. random thought. If you have time, just while you're kick, kicking it, listen to that episode. Listen to the pilot ideas. Choose whatever one you thought was the most ridiculous, and just like scrawl something hilarious with it. <laughs> like, I love that challenge. <laughs> oh my god! If we can get that, the talking hermit crab would Ta- be my favorite. Yeah, right. <laughs> Any kind of talking animal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We all thank, we also like to thank Johan Perez, uh, Cameron, Bruce Irons of the Mad Gear Band, Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy podcast, Alexander Proudfoot, Davy Cakes, Das Dude, The Last Recon. Bedroth of the VGM Very Good Music Podcast, Kitsuridu, Solus Sanctuary, Mixtix Master, Damian Beckles, John Vassalo, OK Impala, Chris Murray, <laughs> Chris Dienerson, and Alex the Messenger, Messenger, host of The Messenger Presents, a VGM podcast, and David Smith. 
Thank you all, all very, very much, much You're for all. supporting, supporting our show, show. You're all wonderful, <laughs> wonderful people, 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 people. The Patreon poker rap. Yeah. Mike Myers, Taco, Harold Howard, Dave Taylor, Reinhardt, Slakova, Andrew, Smurberg, Dan Loutin. Phantom Just, I'm doing that. Next episode is the live stream. You will hear the poker rap with every one of you. So now is the time to support the show because it's got to be longer. You also got to do those little intros like support the support, support the show. Gotta support the show. RMP! No, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to commercialize it like that. Anyway. Okay, do something differently. You gotta play the games and music jams. You gotta hang with your friends. You gotta eat some grains. And keep regular. <laughs> that, 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 that's your part. You, you get to say that part. <laughs> you do like the baritone section. Uh, anyway, so thank you all for your support of the show. And next week is our Patreon episode. It is another Positive Jams episode. Um, after that, no more Positive Jams left. We've played them all. Nothing but <laughs> depressing, dark, anxious-making tunes. That's right. <laughs> Just for you. Metal. We're talking metal. metal. Heavy metal. Just metal scraping sounds. Anyway, thank you all so much. Thank you, Carlos, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for listening to us. This has been Rhythm and Pixels. I'm Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. See you next week. And remember, we kind of touched on it throughout the entire episode, but it kind of can't be stated enough. Collaborative gaming is a fantastic way to keep in touch with your friends and to communicate and just kind of get out of your own head for a while. Um, And collaborative gaming does not have to be limited to multiplayer games or competitive games. You can play single-player games, but ultimately discuss and talk about your experiences with those games. Stuck on a puzzle, stuck on a boss, talk to your friends about it. Maybe get some advice or some tips. If you want to hype up your game, be the hype man for your favorite product. Talk that bad boy up. Get more people in on it. Um, But ultimately... Gaming is only an isolated effort if you make it an isolated effort. You can make it a social interaction, and you can find a breath of fresh air from discussing a shared experience with your friends. Get down to it. Get down. Get get down. Get down. Get down with the clown. (laughs) 